Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall with my guy Robbie Falke. We got JT with us tonight to talk about, well, he's got something really cool in the works that I'm really excited to hear more about. But first, we want to talk about, uh, as we usually do, what we're rocking and what we're looking at copping lately so i'm gonna throw it to robbie to start us off yeah man um i'm still on my on running tip like i've been hitting the streets again i took like a two-week hiatus but um i've been running again in the cloud x and it feels good um i've said this a million times they don't make me faster because no shoe makes my slow ass fast but it just makes my torturous run um, a little more comfortable so if you're in the market for some running shoes, uh, check out on, they have some stuff on sale, um, from last season, get some good stuff on there, but, uh, yeah, go check out on. And when it comes to copying, I know it's August still, but the first week of September, those biohack Jordan ones, they've been like hit and miss for some people. I think as release date comes closer, there's going to be a lot more excitement towards them. But I love that colorway. In the wintertime in Portland, I wear a lot of brown and navy and black, sometimes all together, and it kind of clashes. But those shoes have all three, so it'll work. I'm going to get fits off and look cool. <laughs> I need people to help me buy that shoe, though, because I have a feeling they're going to be hard to get. But I just really like that color combination. How about cool. you? Uh, so, so for myself, I rock the uh, Converse D Wades today. Um, Moving has uh, Fall opened up my stand up eight. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. No, you know, continuing the 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 move in process gives me access to a bunch of uh, stuff that I haven't seen in quite some time. So it's been nice. But as far as what I'm keeping my eyes on um there's an atmos like all reflective zx 1180 boost thing i i don't even know what the shoe is but it's super colorful reflective and anything reflective i'm basically like ooh, shiny like just you know i'm into it so that's kind of what's on the radar but how about you jt what have you been rocking lately um you know, I've, I'm still pretty much on lockdown. I stay at home with the kids, but when I go out and I run my errands, uh, the last pair of shoes I actually picked up in person was a pair of uh, P6000s. And if you know what P6000s are, they're like a woman's shoe. Men, uh, I got them at Nike Outlet down in San Leandro. It was like the day before we had lockdown in a, in the bay. Um, I don't know. They're surprisingly comfortable. I'm really, really getting into the, the, the dad shoe groove. So, yeah, been wearing those a lot. Um as for what I'm looking to cop, honestly, I really don't pay that much attention to new releases anymore because uh, just rarely a chance that I actually get a chance to pick one up. Um, so I've been, you know, I'm always I'm always looking at eBay for things that I wanted to uh, cop in the past. I actually copped a pair last night, some um, Skyposit, carbon fiber Skyposits in my size, Ooh, which I've actually been looking nice. for. I've been looking for those for in my size for, I'm not joking, 10 years. Like the last time I saw them, I saw them at a the Nike outlet in Vacaville and they had a nine and a half and they had a 10 and a half, but they didn't have a 10. So I saw my 10 last night, just went right ahead and just bought it. Nice. 
Nick is a huge fan, and I am too. I buy a lot of random crap off eBay, but there's nothing better. I call it the vengeance purchase, where you buy something <laughs> from like 10 years back. They might not have had your size or the color you wanted, but you find it on eBay for that right price, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. But just oh, yeah. before we jump, sorry, Go. before we jump too far away, I just have to say it because nobody ever talks about those Converse. That D Wade commercial with Converse is a top ten footwear commercial all time. Like no questions asked. Fall seven times, stand up eight, or get up eight, whatever the direct quote is. Go YouTube that. It is flawless. I'm sorry for going on that rant, but that shoe never gets brought up ever. So I, I had to take the opportunity. That is, that is a pretty good commercial. I uh, I mean, pretty top good. ten. Top ten. Pretty that's tough, man. You're, you're saying it's above a lot of Nike Jordan. I mean, I like it a lot, a lot, a lot. But top ten. In at number ten. <laughs> it's not deep in the countdown, but it's it's on the countdown. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So this episode, we actually wanted to have JT come on because he's been doing some really cool shit in the sneaker world to begin with, but he's also working on some really cool shit. So I just figured that this would be a perfect way for us to kind of introduce him to our listeners and um, let us find out a little bit more about him as, as we kind of look at what's coming from him. So um why don't you tell us maybe a little bit about how you got into sneakers and the, the you know the first time you remember it, sneakers being a thing for you um so i grew up in the mountains of northern california and in northern california we didn't have things like uh or the mountains of northern california we didn't have things like foot lockers we didn't really have shoe stores like that uh, i remember i went to a party one time with my parents this was a I don't know. I was probably eight years old. And I saw this kid who was wearing a pair of, uh, they turned out to be Jordan fours, uh, the black reds. And I just looked at him and I just thought, those are the coolest things I've ever seen in my life. I had never seen anything like that. I grew up without TV. Um, I didn't even know. I mean, it took me probably three or four years to actually find out what they were and what they were called. Uh, the first pair of Jordans I ever got, first pair of shoes I ever got, I convinced my mom to buy me a pair of sixes, uh, infrared sixes for my birthday. Um, I was 11 years old, and I distinctly remember uh, that they were called infrareds because also the Terminator was like a big, big deal around that time for me. So, uh, yeah, the infrareds, I always I always associate the Terminator with infrareds. Uh, that is childhood. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Then you remember that poster? The poster with with uh, Arnold's eyes that were colored the exact same color. I mean, oh was, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, that's always my association with that shoe. Um, I made it, but that's a brilliant. I mean, once you bring up the eyes, it's a hundred percent infrared. That's super cool. Yeah, it is because because I, I never really thought about that, but as soon as you said that, I I thought of that poster, and it's like perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh, I don't know. That was probably the first. I, I, I remember I convinced my mom to get them for my birthday and uh, I wore them like once or twice out in the dirt and they were already pretty, pretty beat up after that. But uh, shortly after I got a, a, a pair of the burgundy sixes as well, cause they were on sale. But um, it took a long time before I was able to afford another pair of Jordans after that. And uh, I, I'd say that was probably the, the, where did I get probably the 12s or the 13s uh, my senior year in high school. Those are some good purchases, man. It's just like, I have a, I have a nephew that I just saw and he took the phone out of my hands and Googled something. So listeners, imagine not knowing what a shoe is or having access to it for like three to four years and then finding out it's the Jordan four. That's so cool. I mean, I'm definitely not hating. That's just like the greatest, like, that's just the way you figured out about stuff. Like years later, you, you put the pieces together and it's infinitely cooler and now you remember that story way more than probably a kid now who just takes the phone out of their parents' hand and Googles it. Yeah, the, I mean, the Internet's very easy to take, take, take for granted at this point, right? I mean, you could almost just take a picture of anything, show it on a what is this on Reddit, and everybody could tell you exactly what it is. I mean, this was like, yeah, I mean, I never even thought that someday I was going to be able to see those shoes again, let alone like, you know, 20 more releases. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy, too, because I, I remember, you know, the same or, you know, a, a similar, you know, 
situation growing up where um, like our neighbors, the kids that, that there's two kids that lived in the neighborhood that always had like the coolest, whatever clothes, backpacks, sneakers, bicycles, scooters, skateboard. They always had everything. And it was the same thing for me, the Jordan, the Jordan threes, actually. Um, you know, I, I was watching basketball enough to know Michael Jordan and, but seeing them in person, like that connection to, to Michael Jordan on TV was really like, wait, these two things, like it kind of was mind blowing because I didn't realize, I guess I just didn't think of like buying, you know, like we, we just got like the $30 pay less shoes or whatever. So it, it, it wasn't something that I was connecting, but as soon as I did, I just became obsessed over it. You know, it was like part of it as a kid was like, well, you couldn't get it. So you were just thinking about it. And then you were just like all the stuff, whenever you would see sports on TV, we used to like, like I would go to my next door neighbor's house to watch basketball because we didn't have cable and you couldn't watch it, you know, like on regular TV, unless it was like a rare Saturday, something. Right. And then it was always the Lakers and the Celtics. So like that, it was, it's just such a crazy time and bringing that up just makes me think of all those memories around that. So. I know. And to think of like the sixes, I mean, I remember seeing, uh, I mean, we, the only basketball games we ever got to watch in my life was on a, a, a nine inch, uh, TV in my dad's room. And we, the only thing we'd ever watch would be the, uh, NBA finals. And, uh, the first time I saw Jordan with those sixes, I mean, I knew that those were, uh, I, I, it was, just, it was so unforgettable just to see him with sixes on and, and that color scheme. And you knew the, the, the little red pinkish infrared right along the bottom of the shoe on the midsole. I mean, it was just like, it was so easily identifiable that I was just so, so, so happy to finally get, you know, a cool pair of shoes when I was 11 years old. So how did that turn into you know, the rest of your interest in sneakers, were you, you know, when was like the first time you remember, I guess, buying your own, you know, your first pair on your own and, and that kind of thing. Well, I got This is a good one too. I, I was, uh, I, I campaigned really hard to make the basketball team my senior year. Didn't, didn't actually make it, but during senior year was when 11s, 12s, 13s were really popular. Uh, I remember I, the 12s came out, I didn't have enough money for them. And by the time that the 13s had come out. I finally had enough money for the 12s and I went out looking for the 12s. I had my mom take us on a field trip to San Francisco. Uh, me and my two friends, uh, she drove and we got to San Francisco and I remember telling her, uh, or I remember asking her, can we skip this part of the field trip so we could go look for these, these Jordans that I really want? And she, <laughs> we actually skipped a whole part of the field trip so that we could look for 12s in downtown San Francisco. We weren't able to find any, but, uh, we, That's <laughs> we amazing. Still skipped, I know I, I, I'm still kind of, I don't know. It was, it was really weird that my mom was, uh, down to do that, you know, but, um, I got a pair so, of 12s. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, I was just going to say, so I have, I have a, a, a relatable, crazy, parents just doing it for the kids kind of story. So in high school, my, I think junior year, um, the first star Wars movie came back to the theaters. Right. And a bunch of us, like my group of friends skipped class because the premiere was on a like Tuesday in the middle of the week or whatever, in the middle of the day. And we ended up skipping class and basically like, you know, four out of the five, six teachers we had knew we were going to skip class. We'd been talking about it for weeks. And my, my, my mom was like, yeah, you're going to go. I'll, I'll, you know, answer the call when they call and say you're missing from school and, you know, write a note, all the stuff to, to cover my ass. Right. And the next day we go into like, there's, I think three or four of us that are in, uh, this one, like, I don't, I don't even remember what class it is. I just remember the teacher and we're like, Oh no, we, we were, we were all just conveniently sick, you know, playing it off. And like, you know, we had had the parent parents write us notes. All of, all of us got away with it, but the teacher, is like, well, you must not have been feeling too bad because there's a picture of you on the front page of the newspaper standing in line waiting for the movie to start. 
<laughs> and you know we were busted but we didn't get in trouble because our parents you know covered for us but it's it's a similar thing where you're just like like you just gotta love parents taking one for the team and and letting the kids do what they want to do and you know that's a that's a super dope story i know that's that's yeah i hear you i, I i'm gonna be that type of parent too i'm sure yeah yep yep so did what you know before we get into kind of the next steps in your journey with sneakers what what would you say was like your favorite let's air jordan or or favorite shoe in general outside of jordan's were there others that kind of stand out in your memory from that era at that point no it was uh oh you know it was really difficult um I always wanted a pair of Air Force Ones, mids, and I, I can never find them. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, the first time I ever saw them was right after I created an eBay account in my dorm room at UC Santa Cruz. And uh, I'm looking at the, you know, I'm looking at the auction. It's a pair of black and red Air Force One mid jewels. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you see that I recently acquired them through a, a, a dude in New York. But I remember I bid $15 and this guy sniped me at the last second. They went for $16 and I sent this guy this email and I was like, yo, that was so rotten what you did. I can't believe you did that. And I just went, cursed him out. And the guy was so nice. He actually came back. He said, you know, actually, this is what eBay recommends that you, you snipe people at the last minutes just so you could get, get, get your hands on the item. Uh, <laughs> that was one shoe that I could never get. And I never saw any in Northern California or in Reno. Cause I, I grew up kind of close to Reno, Nevada until, um, I want to say it was, it was the 25th anniversary pair of the air force one. So that would be 1997. Is that it? No, it was the 20th. So it would be 2002. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 2002. The 2002. That's the first time I ever saw an air force one in Northern California. That's crazy, man. That's so crazy. But when, you know, I moved to New York a year later and I mean, Air Force Ones were freaking everywhere. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it is wild, right? Like, I don't think we should, we could do a whole episode on that. We should someday on just like the, the geography and what picks up. Right. Cause I remember, you know, seeing dunks and mostly skate shoes, but like, dunks and then all my buddies wore air max when i was younger you know growing up in sacramento but outside mm -hmm. of outside of those like it, obviously jordan's kind of pop up everywhere but there wasn't the like i don't rem i don't think i i don't think even like going into like the mid 2000s i had any friends that owned or wore air force ones that weren't like sneaker collectors, right? They had like, like your story, right? Having to hunt them down on eBay to get them or go live in New York where you're just exposed to so many different, you know, colorways and, you know, people wearing Air Force Ones that it's like, wow, this is a much bigger thing than what I see in my neighborhood or, you know, around, around the, the, the area that I'm at. So it's, it's super crazy, but it's super dope to, that, there's still separation in like, you know, kind of, you kind of see like that coming back to where like Nike's like trying to release things in Japan only and, you know, Italy only and all this stuff for better or worse, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Regional releases. But, yep. Yeah. I remember that the, the whole reason I wanted Air Force Ones to begin with, I'm, I'm almost positive. I saw them like in the Source magazine or maybe Slam, Slam Kicks or something like that. And I, I want to say also Rashid Wallace used to wear them. And it was right around that time when I, I, I was really like, I don't know, Rashid was a bad man. It was so awesome watching him throughout college. And, you know, he was the only one playing in like old tech shoes. And I thought that was just so sick. So. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're not wrong. So that leads you into, you know, the sneaker world. Obviously you're in New York. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to meet so many people there that you basically have no choice, but to be more and more interested in this, I assume. But how does, how does that kind of turn into the sneaker savant as it is now? Yeah. So, um, I moved to New York in like 2003, uh, and I just kind of, I, I found Nike talk. Um, I don't know, maybe a month after I moved there and I, 
<laughs> I put up a post and I just asked if anyone could show me around New York. And, you know, within 10 minutes, there was a, a hundred replies and everyone was flaming, flaming me. And then one guy said, Hey, yeah, I'll meet you. Um, his name was Dan. He actually passed away a couple years ago. Uh, Dan Wachowski, Dan posit on Instagram. Um, and he just, he basically showed me all the ropes in lower Manhattan. I mean, he took me to all these shops. I don't know. I don't know how many of, uh, your listeners live in Manhattan, but back in the day, early two thousands, I mean, just running from shop to shop all up and down, you know, uh, lower Manhattan was, I mean, it was, it was an adventure every single weekend. Um, coincidentally, that's also when Dunk SBs really started to take off right around that time, 2002, 2003, uh, getting into 2004. So, uh, I mean, once I saw the Dunk SB stuff going, I mean, I, I really started understanding how you could turn um, liking sneakers into like a collectible. Or you could actually even turn it into like kind of a, I don't know if I want to say a business, but like this is how you could actually flip things. And uh, I got in on that pretty early, uh, well before the actual SBs. I, I, I was doing that a lot at thrift stores and stuff like that. But um, SBs really kind of took it to the next level in New York, especially because, I mean, dudes would line up. I mean, you would have a line outside of Supreme that was like three blocks long. And this was in 2003. Some of you guys know uh, Soul Supreme. Um, Puneet, I used to oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. uh, me, Dan and Puneet used to go to Supreme and wait in line and tourists would always walk by and they'd be like, what is this line for? And Puneet, his joke was always American idol tryouts, which I thought was, <laughs> you know, was just one Amazing. of his things, right? He'd say, he'd say, he'd say it to every tourist that asked, uh, but you know, we were just kids. We were just having fun. That's, That's amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just crazy too, because you know, we talk about it a lot on, on the podcast, but the things that have changed about sneakers for better or worse, right? Like we look at it maybe and think, you know, no lineups, no experience, no, you know, in-person, you know, meetups and friendships that all happen from just like going and lining up to try to get a pair of shoes. But at the same time, like the next generation doesn't even have those experiences. So they're not missing it. Right. But it's, it's just a really interesting thing. And it's, it's cool to hear that though, because that's like, especially that era, right? Like I, I, you know, I was on Nike talk in, you know, 1999 and soul collector forums, you know, a couple years, few years after that and, or ISS forums, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, even beyond that, right. Like, you know, there was uh, like Nike park and those early internet, you know, or early communities on the internet that so many of them turn into like, just like lifelong friendships where you're just like, you know, it was so much bigger than whatever the thing that connected you in the first place. But I'm still friends with my dunk people from that time. Like, I'm at a a younger age with a different perspective. I was in middle school, but I mean, me and my friends used to just like circle active mail orders and CCSs because you can get all those dunks. I mean, not all of them, but for the most part, 80% of those dunks that are now you know, fabled shoes off of active mail orders just because you could and this they were just skateboarding shoes. We used to yeah. go to Speed 160 and like enter raffles there for Air Force Ones too. That's why when you said like Air Force Ones really are kind of at that time were not a thing outside of collectors. Because, you know, any sneaker collector knows how how lengthy the Air Force One, like, fleet was of collectible Air Forces at that time. I mean, Halloween's, Michael Thompson's, I mean, Day of the Dogs, I mean, Year of the Dogs. I mean, there's just so many Air Force Ones at that time, but nobody was fucking with them unless you were collecting. It wasn't like now where it's just everybody and their mom has some kind of Air Force One in their closet. So... It's just per- time frame perspectives is is very interesting to hear, especially with you being in New York, which really was and st- I mean still is for the most part like the epicenter of everything that's cool. Like SB Dunks popping off there was like the mecca, like Supreme, obviously the mecca. So it's just so cool to have that perspective from you. Well, it was fun. You know, it was, what, what was cool about it, too, is we would go to these things. We would go and we would just wait in line and we would know we weren't getting anything, but we would just do it just just to hang out with each other. 
you know, like, like Dan was always, he was always really trying to make his way up the line and he was always trying to get something. He usually got something, but for the rest of us, I mean, we were just chilling, just socializing in line. And I mean, it's funny because a lot of those dudes from that time that I was standing in lines with and that I met in lines, I mean, yeah, I still, I still talk with those guys on Instagram to this day. So, I mean, it, it was definitely a different time. I mean, there's no, it's hard to, you know, be that old guy talking, talking bad about what the young kids are doing. But I mean, it was definitely a moment, you know, and there was a time, very first pair of SBs I got was at the shop called Rival. It was on, um, I want to say it was on West, it was West Canal, somewhere over there. And uh, it was a pair of bucks. And I remember I went into that shop probably 10 times before I actually pulled the trigger on them. So those dunks sat there for 10 weekends, at least before I was able, uh, before I actually was able to, 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 to buy them. So, I mean, now, I mean, you can't even let them sit for, for, for 30 seconds before they're already off the shelves. Back then, 10 weeks, 10 weekends, I went in there before I actually bought that pair. Yeah, it's, you know, and, and I think that's the interesting thing too. Like a lot of people, I think a lot of like, we have the tendency to like rag on, you know, let's say the, I don't, I don't want to like pick on anybody in particular, but just use like Supreme right now as an example, right? You know, there's just, it's just ridiculous, the stuff that's coming out. And sometimes it's entertaining and sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, like I would buy that and just leave it around the house just almost as a joke, right? And I'm sure that those guys are thinking that when they're like, yeah, I'm going to make some, you know, Oreo Supremes or toothpaste or toothpicks or whatever it is. But I still think that like, like if I really take the time to step back and think about like the, the if I'm 17, 18, 22 right now, I'm going to stand in that line just to hang out with my friends the same way, like you know, we used to do back in the day. And to me, that's kind of like the interesting thing about how it's, it's all the same, right? It's all like a social thing. It's all connecting with people. But I think we're also in this, this kind of new, kind of new world in terms of like what people are collecting and what collecting looks like because of, you know, the, the goats and stock X's where people are just like looking to get rid of stuff. But then once you find people that really appreciate the collecting aspect of it, like you said, you know, seeing, you know, air force ones in slam kicks or XXL. Right. And like, you know, I, I got to work with Russ Bankston side by side when I lived in New York and like, he's the one that wrote about those shoes for, for years. He was the only one writing about shoes. And then all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm getting to work side by side with him. And, you know, we just had that same appreciation for the, the collecting aspect of it and the community aspect of it, because you would have people just going out of their way to help you out or just hanging out with you because you were going to buy something, which I just always think is cool. But I wanted to actually like take that idea a little bit further because one of the things you do with the sneaker savant is grading and, you know, not to like jump ahead to, to trading cards, but like the whole concept of, of grading sneakers to me is so, it's such a beautiful thing because I typically am looking, like you said, on eBay, I'm looking, you know, at Craigslist, I'm looking at all sorts of different boards and message, you know, message boards. And I'm looking at, you know, let go and all these apps where people just want to get rid of something. And I think the grading aspect of it is a really interesting place because the people, the people that are really like into, you know, let's say the collecting aspect of it or really like appreciate something where they're not just looking to flip it they're never going to, they're never going to look at a stock X or a goat and think, you know, Oh, I got, I, I can, I can get something here because that's the highest for the coveted stuff for collectors. Those are the most publicly known spaces and people avoid them. So the grading aspect of it is really interesting because then it, then it almost gives me as a consumer, uh, uh, like confidence to say, Oh, this is, you know, like, let's say I found a, you know, a, a, like a Nike Air Lombaste on eBay and I knew that you graded it, that's a game changer in like whether I'm willing to buy it or not, right? Because otherwise I'm just assuming that that person that's selling it found it in the closet and is like, what is this? Oh, I should just get rid of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so how did you get into that whole concept and how did that happen with the Sneaker Savant? Well, in, in 
2010, so I lived in New York from 2003 to 2010. Um, and in 2010, I decided to move across the country, move back to California. Uh, as I was packing up the U-Haul, um, I had a pretty deep closet in Brooklyn, and I just started pulling out shoes from the closet that I forgot I had bought. Right. Because I worked on, you know, I worked this corporate job where I couldn't wear sneakers. So anytime I bought something on eBay, something that I always wanted, I just stashed it in the back of the closet. Um, you know, I, I I was pulling out, you know, I had some OG sixes. I had a, you know, I mean, that's nothing. That's nothing now. But I mean, like for me, that was, you know, that was the one that I bought to bring me back to my childhood. So I had these OG sixes back there and I had all these other shoes and I pulled them all out. I brought them all into the uh into, into the U-Haul. I brought them across the country. I got them to my house in California and I just started putting them in the closet again. And I'm just like, is this, is this what I own these shoes for is to just put them in closets? Like wherever I live, like what, 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 this is stupid. Like, what am I doing? Like, I mean, I love owning these car, uh, I love owning these shoes, but like, why, why, why are they just living in, in my closet? So, I set out on kind of this um, journey a few years ago to figure out a way that I could actually get the shoes out of my closet and kind of onto, uh, you, you know, in 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 regular view, so I could just look at them every day. Um, that started me looking at like preservation cases and trying to build a good preservation case. Uh, and as I was doing this, I also just kind of thought like, how do they do it with baseball cards? How do they do it with other, you know, other collectibles? And I started looking at PSA. I started looking at, um, comic books. I started looking at baseball card grading. I just said, man, I should just build a system, uh, where I grade the shoes and I encase them. And, uh, I ended up building, I want to say four or five different calculators, uh, all algorithms, all based on, you know, visual representation of what you see um, with the shoes. And uh, yeah, I built this algorithm around them just so that I can accurately describe the, the, the condition of any pair of kicks uh, and when I sell on eBay, you know, and I've been selling on eBay for, I want to say since 2001. I think I've been selling on eBay since 2001. Uh, I created this whole brand around it called the Sneakers Avant, and uh, you know, built this website, this 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 whole big backend um, calculator, just as an idea to, to 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 get around the fact that you know sometimes we get shoes that aren't in the the, the condition that we want them to be in, and it's not always what we think we're getting when we actually buy something on eBay or one of these different uh, platforms. That's so sick. Yeah, I, I think I think it's such such a great idea. I mean, it's it it makes me think of you know, like you said, PSA. It, it makes me think of all the specifically like game worn stuff, right? I, I love. I don't own a lot of it. Um, I, I'm I'm very much in the same point. I'm in the same place as you, where I look at all the stuff that I own and I just think, what am I doing with this if I'm not if I'm not sharing it with other people, if it's just sitting in a closet or in a box in the garage or in storage. And I, I think of the whole grading system primarily when I think of like, you know, uh, like autographed, you know, memorabilia, um, you know, sporting equipment, that kind of stuff, because that's the stuff that, you know, I think at the end of the day, if I just, you know, had a big pile of money behind me, I'd, you know, hang out in a, in a sports memorabilia shop selling sneakers and cards and game worn stuff and posters and all that stuff. But, um, so you've been doing that for a few years and now your next project, uh, obviously you've, you've, you seem to have a lot of ideas and a lot of things you've done over the years. Tell us about what you've been working on and, at, at when people can, when people are going to be listening to this, they'll be actually potentially able to get it today. Um, okay. But tell us a little All bit right. about your next project. Yeah. So, um, you know, the grading thing, I know I kind of glossed over a lot there. Uh, I, I, I've been working on the grading thing for five years and I've been grading for five years, you know, just, just doing my own thing. I've worked with a few companies. I work with a few different shops and uh, you know, I got some corporate accounts here and there, but for the most part, it just hasn't really taken off. Um, I think, uh, you know, the pandemic has got us kind of in this space now. We're all just kind of looking at our shoes. We're looking in the closets and we're kind of looking at them. 
and we're thinking, when am I going to get to wear all my shoes again? Uh, I was doing that, you know, back in March. I just bought a whole bunch of shoes that came right, you know, right when we got lockdown orders. And I'm looking at all these shoes that I just bought. And I'm just throwing them in the closet. Another pair, another pair, another pair. Uh, one day, me, my wife, and my kids, we went for a drive um, just to go check out the ocean for a, you know, for a little bit. And I'm waiting in the car for my wife. Cause she went in to go get something at Walmart or something. And I'm, I'm looking on Twitter and I see Ben Baller just uh, tweeted about some card that he was uh, selling. Uh, turns out it was a project 2020 tops project, 2020 Ben Baller, Mike Trout card. Uh, if you know anything about project 2020, you know, that, that was kind of a, that was the, the, the time when it got really popular. So I'm looking at his, um, his tweet and I start going down the rabbit hole of eBay and looking at all these project 2020 cards. And I'm just thinking, man, these are dope. This is really cool. Like I was not expecting to see what I saw when I was looking on eBay at these project 2020 cards. So, uh, I'm just kind of sitting there. My wife's taking forever. Um, my kids are sleeping in the car and I'm just scrolling through Twitter. And then all of a sudden I just go, God damn, why hasn't anyone done that for sneakers? Or if they have, how come, how come I don't know about it? So uh, I started messing around with ideas. I started doing a, a bit of research, and I just didn't find anything anywhere. So um, I started asking a few people, talking to a few people I know, and just running the idea by them. They said, yeah, that sounds like a pretty cool idea. Um, fast forward, you know, a week or two, uh, and I decided to just start teaching myself Photoshop, teaching myself GIMP, and I started designing these cards. Uh, I designed a whole set. Um, before I showed it to a few people and then I showed it to a few people and somebody had suggested, I think it was Nick who actually suggested you should try and build this around something that's coming up. So a, a, a date or an event that's coming up. So I started thinking out, okay, we got about six weeks before August 24th and August 24th is it's, I mean, in my mind, I don't know if it is the rest of the world's mind, but in my mind, 824 is Kobe day. Um, having grown up, you know, been the same exact age as Kobe, uh, Kobe, you know, as a as a warrior fan and a, a king fan, I mean, I never really liked Kobe. I always respected Kobe, but I feel like I, I grew up right alongside him. So um, Kobe, I would say Kobe played a, a pretty um, big part of my, you know, far off life. I mean, it's not really, you know, just it's one of these people you look up to. So I'm thinking we're, we're coming up on Kobe Day. What do you think about a Kobe set? And, uh, you know, I talked to some of my my, my good friends who are really big Kobe fans and these guys are not sneakerheads at all. At all. And I said, what do you think about uh, a Kobe set based on the shoes that Kobe wore, you know, during his career? And every single person was like, man, that sounds awesome. I would love to buy a set. I would love to buy a pack. So uh, I pretty much just taught myself Photoshop GIMP. I built out this whole card set. I um, started contacting suppliers all over the world. I finally found one uh, in China and I had them build out uh had them build out this whole card set for me. And, um, I got my first shipment the other day of packs and I've been sending a few out just to friends and family so they could take a look at them. But it's basically just sneaker trading cards. And my first set, uh, I'm calling it the 824 pack and it's releasing on Monday, 824. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it, I wanted to kind of steer away from, you know, the, 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 I mean, when I was a kid, baseball cards, it was like you actually bought a baseball card pack. There was no inserts. You were just looking for your favorite player or you were looking for people from your home team. Uh, mm -hmm. So I was always looking for San Francisco Giants. Not that I'm from San Francisco, but, you know, coming from Lake Tahoe, San Francisco was by far the closest uh, team that everybody really kind of um, – what's the word identified with. So Will Clarks, Matt Williams, Kevin Mitchell, these were who we were looking for in 1987 tops. Uh, 1991, I remember like the first insert cards that really started coming. And uh, it was, it was, I mean, for us as kids, I mean, it was so much fun just looking for those insert cards. I mean, now I'm looking at some of these cards and they confuse the hell out of me, you know? So like, like I was looking at checklists of the new Panini cards. I mean, I saw that some of these sets, just a regular Panini set has 14,000 cards in it. 14,000 different cards. And to me, that was just, it was a bit much. So I designed my set to be more like a, you know, a mid to late nineties, um, style of, uh, collecting, which is just basically base cards and, you know, a few inserts here and there. So that's what I built. That's awesome, man. So how, how many, how many cards in total and how many, 
like give us a breakdown on on the packs, the boxes. Like what what can people expect if they uh, order these from you on Monday? Okay, so there was about um, there's about 25 official shoes that Kobe actually wore throughout his career. It's around 25. It's not exactly 25. Um, I wanted to make it a bit beefier, so I did like three, two or three colorways for each of those silhouettes. Um, so that makes the base set 68 cards plus uh, plus a checklist. Um, from there, I added uh, three separate um, insert cards. I did one that's called Mamba Moments, and it just represents different uh, times um, when Kobe did something that kind of stuck out in my mind. I mean, I know that everyone's going to have their own uh, definition of what a a different Mamba moment would be, but these are the the eight that I really found interesting. Uh, The other set I did, one of the other special inserts I did was a sneaker free agency card. So basically just uh, different uh, images that I drew um, in GIMP. I mean, they're, they're super messy images, but I think you'll get the gist of him wearing, you know, really popular sneakers, like maybe the Adidas forums or the Concord 11s or the Air Force Ones, which would be, you know, my grail, my Kobe grail, um, or the, you know, the Reebok answers, answer fours or the Reebok questions. Um, after that, I reached out to this guy, Zinji. I don't know if anyone knows who Zinji is, uh, Zinji 24 on, um, on Instagram. He's basically a collector based out of Beijing and he is like the biggest Kobe fan. He's got uh, a, a museum in Beijing called the Sneaker Museum. You could also look that up on Instagram, Zinji Sneaker Museum. Uh, and he has all kinds of rarities and player exclusives, uh, Kobe's that, you know, um, Isaiah Thomas player exclusives. He's got, uh, I want to say, He's, he's got a whole bunch of them. I asked him if he wanted to be a part of the set. And if he did, if he could send me some pictures of some of the shoes that he thinks would be great in the set. So he sent me 24 photos of, of, of shoes that he has on display uh, in Beijing. And I created a whole set around the Zinji Sneaker Museum of just the rarest of the rare uh, Kobe sneakers. You know, one of ones. Um, he's, got, he's even got uh, samples of the and ones that Kobe was given. Um, he's got... You know, 2K4s, Hirachi 2K4s. He's got the original Jordan 7s, original Jordan 9s, 3s. I mean, he's got it all. So I uh, built a whole 24-card set around that. Um, and lastly, I put a few uh, I put a few TSS golden tickets in there. So basically, it's just if you want to uh, – uh, you could win a, a grail box. So what I was talking about with the sneaker preservation case, um, you could win uh, five – Free, sorry, I'm looking at it right now. Five free sneaker grades, um, or you can win a whole another booster box of uh, our next set coming out. So there's about, let's say that's there's 40 insert cards. There's 70, uh, about 70 base cards. So there's about 110 cards. Um, I'm selling them in boxes, boxes of 12 packs. Uh, each pack has eight cards. Each pack has seven base cards and one insert card, or it's right around there. So with each box, you're getting basically 12 insert cards and around 84 um, base cards. So you should be able to make a set out of a, out of, out of a pack or out of a box. This is dope, man. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's like all of the, uh, all of the, the nostalgia that comes with both sneakers and the baseball cards and, you know, basketball cards back in the day. So I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to, to seeing these, to seeing how it works for you. So what, I guess like, what would be probably, probably, probably can't talk specifically about what's next, but what, what would be some, some thoughts around where you would go from here? Cause obviously the, the Kobe's, and having you know Zinji's stuff is super dope because this is I think the thing that I'm most excited about this like ha- including the Zinji stuff is that it's the same reason like I really started sneaker history is like being able to like showcase stuff that that is just like out there that people don't really know exists and kind of bring back memories for those people that were able to either get the shoes when they you know, when Kobe wore them or when they were released or whatnot. So how do you see this kind of playing out? Like if, you know, if things go, you know, exactly the way you want them, what's, what's next for, for the, the sneaker trading cards? Um, yeah. So, I mean, 
when I built this thing, I mean, I had, I had a lot of fun actually doing these cards. I had a lot of fun just doing the research. I had a lot of fun just, just structuring the whole thing. Um, what I really wanted to do was just kind of bring a little bit of, of fun back to the whole thing because I feel like it's just turned into a business for a whole lot of people. Um, what I liked about what we did with Zinji was just, I mean, we documented a part of his collection, you know, and I mean, if someone came to me and said, hey, I want to document part of your collection and immortalize it uh, with cards, I would be like, absolutely. You know, there's there's no question about it. It's like, I mean, there's no greater compliment to a collector than like, yo, let's show the world what you have, you know, through a, a, a new medium. So, I mean, I know a lot of, uh, you know, I'm sure we all know a lot of people who have pretty substantial collections. And uh, I would love to involve, you know, some of these um, really big collectors who – you know, I've, I've known and talked to throughout the years in just different types of sets. Um, I could think of a lot of different ways that we can move this thing forward. Uh, but you know, for me, I really kind of want to stick to, um, I want to say, uh, almost like product line sets. So if I'm going to focus on something like, I don't know, let's say Nike running, that's not what I'm focusing on right now, but if I'm going to focus on Nike running, uh, what I want to do is I want to I want to get into the main uh, models of Nike running that we all know and love. I want to do you know a number of uh, storylines based on each and every single one of those models, or you know even specific or special cards uh, based on specific or, or or special events. So like just off the top of my head, I haven't really thought this out at all. But like the the you know if you follow me on Instagram, you know that my favorite shoe like of all time is the the Dave's Quality Meat '90s, and I mean. For me, that was, you know, that was the New York thing. And I used to go into Dave's shop every weekend with Dan and sometimes with, with Puneet. And we'd go into Dave's shop and Dave was just always cool as hell. And when I heard he was getting his own shoe, uh, I was over the moon happy for him. And, you know, he saved me a, 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 a pair of size nines and he autographed the box. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would, I would kind of run with a, a storyline for each one of those cards. So, um, I think there's that. I think there's also the potential to, 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 to possibly link up with, with certain brands or certain shops and add kind of, you know, uh, cross promotional or insert cards into there that have to do with um, just what, you know, product releases or maybe what they actually have in stock and things that they want to, to, to kind of move. So I think there's just, to me, the, the, the thrill of ripping open a pack and finding one of those golden tickets or finding a car with gold on it was just, it's like, my reptilian brain just goes gold. Ooh, shiny hologram. Give me, give me. I want that. You know, and even, <laughs> even though I, I created these, I created them myself and I have unlimited access to these. I still look at them every day. I just pick them up and I just look at them in the, in the sunlight and just kind of move them back and forth. Like, wow, this is freaking awesome. So I don't know. I really just want, you know, people to kind of have some fun with it. I want to uh, maybe um, immortalize some collections. I want some, some brands to get some recognition. I want some people to, to, to learn a little bit more about, you know, the different types of sneakers that exist. I mean, what, what's kind of cool about this set is that, you know, all the Kobe fans that I know that I, I, I'm giving this set to, uh, the vast majority of them know nothing about Kobe sneakers. And now after they have this set, they're going to know every single thing about Kobe sneakers. So, uh, I think it's, you know, I've, I have a background in, um, I have a background in finance, I have a background in web development, and I have a background uh, in education. So for me, this kind of, you know, kind of hits all of those. So for me, this was just, it was it was a great deal of fun. And I think it's kind of like right up, it's right up my alley. And I hope it's up to, you know, I hope uh, collectors really enjoy it as well. I can, my mind just goes wild with all the possibilities, you know, and, and I even, before we started recording, I even told Robbie, um, just that, you know, I could just, uh, just see like, you know, maybe we do a sneaker history set that, you know, just goes into like a, I don't know, like a top 50 sneakers of all time or something crazy like that, where you just like, you get to kind of reminisce and debate over all of that stuff. And to me that like, I think the other thing about this, that's really cool and it, it's just perfect timing. So I'm thinking about this a lot, but like, I would love to have all these sneakers, but I just don't have the physical space for them. And this is a really cool way for me to have a piece of that without, you know, having to have, you know, a hundred sneakers, you know, it's like this, this could, this can live on, you know, the corner of my desk and I could still look at them and appreciate them and get that same energy from them. So I'm really excited about this. 
Go ahead. And they're definitely, and they're definitely not going to cost you what those hundred sneakers are going to cost you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm really excited about this and I'm, I'm glad you had, uh, you know, we could get you on and have you talk about it. But um, Robbie, did you have any, have any questions for, for JT? No, man. Great story. Way to break it down. Yeah. So just to, um, before we sign off, let's make sure. So it's the sneaker savant.com uh, Monday, eight 24. Where, where, what else do they need to know where, or where else can they find you? Yeah, so um, I got a real good idea from one of my friends, uh, Nick, who suggested that I actually uh, list the very first box on eBay just to see how it goes. Um, so I listed the very first box on eBay. I got, uh, I don't know, I got a number of bids. It's well above what I thought it was going to be. Um, as soon as that ends, that's ending on Monday, uh, 824 at 824 a.m., um, I'm going to set the Shopify site live. Um I'm not totally sure how many I'm going to sell. I'm not totally sure when shipping is going to be, but um, I think, uh, you know, they'll be out soon enough. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, Instagram at the sneaker savant, S-A-V-A-N-T, um, I'm going to be posting most of my updates there. Uh, you know, I don't know if I should say this. This is my first time ever doing a podcast, so sorry if uh, I was I was all over the place and I said a lot of us. Um, but <laughs> You're all good, man. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I'm, we'll, we'll make sure to link to the, yeah, we'll, we'll link to your Instagram. We'll link to the site. We'll link to that auction. Um, as this goes up, if depending on what time of day you listen to it, you should have a few hours to, to check it out. If not, like, like JT said at the sneaker savant on Instagram or the sneaker savant.com and you'll be able to find out, uh, when more of these are available or when the next ones are available. So um, it's just been, it's been dope to chop it up with you and, and talk about this and kind of reminisce about some of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just thankful that we were able to make it happen. And I guess that's about it. Uh, anything else? Just want to thank you, Nick, for, uh, all the help and all the, uh, sound off and Robbie, I want to thank you for helping me with the, um, with the, the card descriptions. Uh, really appreciate it guys. No problem. My yeah, buddy. No problem, man. It was awesome. All right. Well, uh, we'll catch you all next time. Peace. All right. Bye-bye. See you. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.